the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email there. And also, excuse me, please follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin over on all the other social media platforms at Ed Martin. But on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, uh, head over there, share the content, pass it on to other people. Uh, We've got a lot happening today. Once again, as we get close heading into the weekend, uh, let me first of all uh, wish you a happy happy weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, It Depending on where you are, looks like nice weather, no uh, major. Major uh, threats of, say, um, uh, massive uh, hurricanes or anything this weekend. It's kind of settled down. In a few moments, we'll talk with Ian Pryor. Ian Pryor is uh, the executive director of an organization called Fight for Schools uh, based in Loudoun County. And Ian has a story he put up on social media. I've been following it. A, A Virginia delegate has said We should use the Department of Family Services, Child Protective Services, and we should uh, take away kids or send parents to jail if the parents don't accept the kids' gender selection. You get that? There is a Virginia state legislator that has proposed a bill to criminalize parents having a say about their minor children and their choice of whether they can pick a gender. We're into some crazy territory now. I think that uh, that uh, state that state delegate will be uh, uh, sent packing in every way, but we'll see. We'll also talk with Woody Woodrum out in California, get an update uh, from the uh, California Screaming Eagles up and down the coast there, and find out what it looks like in the election. But first, what you need to know today, what you need to know today, I finally I'm fine tuning this for you. So sit back and have you heard about what's called the protection racket? The protection racket is a term uh, used by the mafia. And sometimes uh, recently, I think it was um, there were some illegal immigrants in one of the communities, maybe Detroit, somewhere in Michigan. I wasn't Chicago, Detroit or or, uh, Cleveland, maybe. And they had revealed that the uh, gang, it was a Mexican gang. I don't know if it was MS-13 or one of them had a racket, a a protection racket going where they go to the business and they say, uh, if you want us to allow your business to stay, uh, you know, in business without somebody throwing a brick through the window or uh, somebody robbing you, you got to pay us some money. It's called a protection racket. It was common in the mafia and still is common in places like, say, um, back in the day when you saw the uh, Elliot Ness and the famous uh, Al Capone uh, movies, a lot of times they would, you know, they'd go and they'd say, hey, you know, we're going to be the protection. We're like the local police for you. We're the mafia. We're going to protect your neighborhood. Pay us. It's called a protection racket because they're really not doing anything. They're, they're threatening you and then alleviating their threat by getting paid. Okay. So the protection racket, I think you got the point. I want to introduce you to what I call the projection racket. The projection racket is when the left and the media work together and they what they are actually doing, they project onto their opponents and then talk about it and, and criticize them. 
And so let me give you a very specific example of what I call the projection racket, the psychological projection racket. I, you come up with something that sounds terrible and you assert that the other person is doing it, even though it's you that's doing it. Okay. So over at Politico, they have a lengthy piece in the magazine, which is longer, makes it longer. You know, it's a, it's a, a long, a long form piece. And, and it's written by one of their, their more uh, well-known I think, co-founder of the uh, of Politico, John Harris. The title of it is the January 6th committee has helped make Trump a historic president. Okay. Now the story goes on to basically say that when the pre- when Donald Trump left office, if you had left him alone, he was off of many of the platforms and that the January 6th select committee did a pretty ham handed job of, of proving anything. And instead, they mostly just made the country look up and, and see Trump. And that's where John Harris, he's making a pretty good point there. OK, until he gets about halfway through the story. And now he says the following, he writes the following, quote, Trump has divided the country over an important question. Are we a country ruled by law and constitutional procedure or a tribal country in which what matters is which side you're on? Now, all over social media, that's being tweeted and retweeted as wisdom. Great wisdom. Great wisdom. Josh Crashauer, who's one of the political reporters, tweets it. It's been retweeted uh, dozens and dozens of times, only been up for a little while. And this is great wisdom, right? So we have John Harris of Politico, and he's on the left, and they say, it is Trump that's dividing the country over the question, is it the country rule of law, made ruled by law and the Constitution, or a tribal country? Now, that's total projection. It's total projection. Donald Trump has not in any way evidenced someone who thinks that there's not the rule of law. At every turn, he was hemmed in by the rule of law. His, his executive orders were stopped by the courts. His uh, regular laws that he signed were sometimes challenged in the courts. He didn't have the ability to do things because of the courts. He couldn't, by fiat, dissolve the parliament, dissolve the courts. The rule of law and the Constitution hemmed in Donald Trump at every turn, including... When we got to the point where there was a contested election, we went to the Constitution, which, as you may know, on January 6th, effectively worked when any challenges, when there were challenges were exhausted, we moved on. Now, what do they mean, though? It's not. And the second part is great. Or a tribal country in which what matters is which side you're on. You see that? Right now, the only guy in America that isn't on the side of the establishment that wants to fund Ukraine, on the side that wants to strengthen the power of Washington, D.C., and and, and the wisdom and, and insight of the political class, the only opponent of that is Donald Trump. It's unbelievable to watch. The projection racket is they say something. Oh, Trump, uh, he doesn't abide by the Constitution. He just thinks it's a tribal country. Are you kidding me? If you're if you're uh, Epstein and uh, Jelaine Maxwell and you clearly have in your pocket a list of who was at, at uh, the, the Deviant Island and it doesn't come out. Ray Epps, no one tells who the, the, the FBI is doing all sorts of games. The CIA is doing all sorts of games. The intelligence community leaders are lying to the uh, Senate, John Brennan. And then the 50 of them are getting lining up to lie about the election and putting it out. You've got the powers that be that are working with Facebook and, and, and YouTube to influence them. 
The FBI goes to Zuckerberg and says, it's going to be Russian disinformation coming. You better get ready to shut it down. He goes, I got it, boss. We'll do it. There's only one person who has laid bare the fact that there's a problem because most of the people that have power, big, big money, big money and big power in Washington, D.C. and across across the country are, are not Donald Trump. It's Hillary Clinton. It's the Bushes. It's the it's the class of people that are making hundreds of millions of dollars all the time. And we're left behind. It's not Trump. The projection racket. Another great one was the Russia hoax. The projection was that that Russia was colluding with Trump. We now know that exactly what was happening with a straight face, exactly what was happening was the Hillary Clinton campaign and her people were colluding with foreign entities to try to take down the the, the campaign of Donald Trump and then the presidency. And they all the time they looked at the camera and said, oh, we can't believe it. They may have been colluding with foreign nations. It was them that were doing the projection racket is a racket where you say what the what you're doing about someone else and then you know make it a big deal how oh, we got to stop that when it's totally going on the projection racket unbelievable to see read this piece in the in the in the politico uh, it's just stunning it's stunning all right we got to run we'll come back we got a lot more we got great interviews it's ed martin here on the pro america report be back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Very grateful. Uh, This morning I was checking on uh, social media, looking at things, and I saw that Ian Pryor had a a tweet up, and I watched the video. I couldn't believe it. He's the executive director at uh, Fight for for Schools. Also, he's a senior advisor over at America First Legal. Uh, You can go to fightforschools.com and uh, check out what they're doing there. It is what it says. And also follow him uh, on uh, Twitter at Ian D prior. And of course, follow me at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. And uh, so Ian, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me, Ed. I'm great. So uh, this, the link to this is it's incredible to watch. I, I actually can't believe it. It's a, it's a serious uh, news channel. It's a real news channel. And um, they're covering the fact that there is a Virginia House of Delegates member who has uh, is a social worker described in the article and in, in, excuse me, in the coverage, the TV coverage, and has decided to expand the definition uh, of uh, uh, or dis- expand the uh, code of child protective services to try to uh, address parents who won't affirm their child's gender identity. Uh, Ian, walk us through what this, what's happening here. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's really a multifaceted story here. Um, You know, last week uh, and and really the week before the daily wire was covering what was going on here in Virginia, um, specifically with, with governor Youngkin's new model policy. Um, So last year, you know, school boards across Virginia had to introduce these, these policies and pass these policies that would, you know, force kids to share bathrooms, locker rooms, intimate spaces, athletic fields with members of the opposite sex. Um, But many school boards took it uh, and school systems took it upon themselves to create regulations that said, well, you know, if a kid comes to a counselor or a staffer and says, you know, I want to identify as a girl now, there's there's no obligation to tell the parents unless the kid says so. Um, so there were there were some protests that were organized by this this group, Pride Liberation, um, you know, that happened after he announced that. 
And and Rosiak, Luke Rosiak from the Daily Wire reported on how uh, this this one woman, I think her name was Amy Canava, um, was was really leading the charge for um, some of these groups that are looking to essentially rehome kids whose parents don't affirm their claims of you know being the opposite sex or you know being an animal or or whatever the case may be. And what was interesting in that story was that Amy Canava had talked about how she was working with a state delegate that is that was a former social worker and um, had a, a degree, a, cl- a clinical degree. And the, the bill they were working on that they introduced in 2020, which did not advance, was to essentially criminalize uh, not affirming kids that claim they're transgender. So if a parent says, you know, listen, I, we're, I'm not just going to affirm that, you know, we're going to go a different direction. We're going to work this through. Um, they could be they could be prosecuted. Uh, that bill was introduced. It failed in 2020. But uh, this this state delegate wants to reintroduce this bill in the next session in 2023. And, and you know, she did an interview last night here on, on the local Washington, D.C. Um, ABC network. And it just flat out said it. I mean, she said, you know, there's there would be an investigation. Uh, it could be a felony. It could be a misdemeanor. Well, yeah, that's now, a, that's a, that's a, that's that's let me pause because I watched I, again, you know, I watch on social media the reaction and you could tell immediately the Democrats were uh, nervous or she was nervous. And she she a few hours after the coverage, she said, we'll not be criminalizing parents. Uh, but but educating them now. So I want to go back, by the way, for in a moment to parents and parental rights. But I want to pause. She said in the interview that she could. They said, what's the penalty? And she said, well, the penalty will be will it be an investigation first. And then the guy, the reporter said, what's the penalty? And she said, well, it could be a, a, a well, it could be a felony or a misdemeanor. I mean, that she wasn't making it up. I mean, she was right there. And that's that is a decision in the in the, in the legislative process. But now she's saying, oh, we're going to educate them. Uh, Ian. Um, in the fight for schools, which, again, is your organization, fight People go find out more and support them. Um, you know, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, used to say the line has to be parents. I mean, parents have to be in charge when we, we, we have a situation, whether it's vaccines, whether it's uh, this kind of stuff, whether it's education. Um, how can this be going on? I mean, they lost the election in, in the governor's race in large part because of the perception that McAuliffe said parents don't matter. Is this Am I wrong that this is a very small group of people that want to have parents' rights eliminated in favor of the schools, or is it bigger than I think? No, you know, it really is a small group of people. I mean, look, anytime you look at a poll, you're, this is going to be a 70-30-80-20 issue. I mean, that's just a fact. But the problem is, you know, the way this is being messaged by the mainstream media, the way this is being messaged by politicians on the left, is that, well, if you have an issue with this, then you are the problem. Then you're a bigot. Then you're transphobic, that, that you're homophobic, you know, whatever their, their case may be. So people don't want to speak up, right? People are afraid to speak up because how is this going to impact their employment? How is this going to impact their standing in the community if they're called these things, even though the facts behind it line up to what the vast majority of Americans think? Right. The vast majority. But, you know, the, the left has created this this cancel culture, uh, which you cannot speak your mind on rational, common sense issues without immediately being labeled these things. And so as a result, you have this, again, silent majority that, that truly finds these things appalling. But they're not going to go out there and speak out about it because of the repercussions. 
Hey, we're talking again with uh, Ian Pryor and uh, follow Ian on Twitter's good Twitter feed at Ian D Pryor. And uh, also I'm over at Eagle Ed Martin and I will retweet some of his stuff right here. He's executive director of uh, fight for schools and also senior advisor over at America first legal. Um, what happens next? Ian? I, I mean, sometimes when a, uh, when a law like this gets so much attention uh, or a proposal, a bill gets so much attention, it, it, they'll sort of fade away. I mean, th- now th- this woman that's, that's doing this is not a minor, um, you know, she's not a minor, um, uh, leader. I mean, she's not a, she's not a small leader. I shouldn't say minor. It'll confuse people. But she's got, you know, she's got influence. I see in her in her Twitter feed. She's over with uh, the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. I mean, this is a uh, uh, Guzman uh, is the delegate. Will this go away now because of the attention? Is it coming back? What what does it say for there's no elections in Virginia um, for delegate or Senate in this fall? Uh, there are, of course, congressional races. So uh, but it, what do you think happens next? Well, I think it's really going to be tough for them to, to get this power. It's not going to pass a, a Republican House of Delegates, that's for sure. Right. Um, but the question is going to be, with all the negative attention, are, you know, are her allies going to say, well, let, let's hold off on this uh, until, until we can get the House of Delegates back, until we can, you know, until the next, after the next election. But people should not let this die. I mean, people should not let this go. The fact of the matter is, I mean, you've got, you've got people running for Congress um, that have supported this this uh, state legislator. And when you look at the schools and what they're doing at the school level, um, think about this for a second. What they're saying is if your child comes to you and says, I want to be transgender now, and you say no, the school or they go to a counselor, uh, the counselor does not have to tell the parent. Why does the counselor not have to tell the parent? Because the, the vision and the, the belief of schools is if Parents don't affirm this. <laughs> that is a version of mental abuse of their kids. And so you have all these people on the left out here that have come out and said, well, we need this in place. So they're already saying that not affirming this is abuse. So if, if that's the case, well, you're, you're already saying that it's illegal. So, you know, everyone's going after Elizabeth Guzman on this, and rightfully they should. But she's really just taking the, the thoughts and the process and the beliefs of the left out here and just putting it into legislation. They have yeah. already signed off on this kind of behavior. Right. Um, we're talking to Ian Pryor again, executive director of, uh, of fight for schools. And uh, um, it's interesting. It's, it's terrifying. It's not interesting. In the last couple of decades, um, you saw the march down from uh, into, you know, when somebody hits 18 and you hear from parents all the time, they say my child's at 18 and they're coached by uh, a lot of the forces around them. Once you're 18, your parents can't say anything. They can't see your college grades. They can't see your health records. They can't see your whether you're, you know, you're having an abortion or anything. That's 18 is at least a legal understanding for why that should be. I don't like how they've tried to culturally make that so that suddenly you're apart from your family. But there's a legal. Well, there's not for uh, underage. I mean, there has been a there was always a, a, a legal protection for the parent. As you point out, what the, what they're setting up here is if you hold a position that is outside of what they say is the correct position, then you will lose your rights to be a parent and you will lose your rights to have a say. In other words, if McAuliffe said parents shouldn't have a say in seeing what's going on in the in the school system, that was that felt like he was saying, don't don't put your nose in here. We're working. That's not what it looks like. They meant it meant we're not going to even let you. You don't even have a legal right to do it if you have the wrong positions and the wrong positions are everything from 
pro-life, uh, uh, you know, to uh, Alex Jones. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? It, a questioning election. If you question an election, are you so far outside of the mainstream that you shouldn't be allowed with your kids, right? I mean, that's the argument that, I mean, that's the obvious way the argument plays out. Well, it, that's exactly right. And, and what they're trying to do is, is to get kids early, right? They're trying to build the, the next level of activists that will that will you know fill out the population that is, is going to pass these policies in the future. So they're they're building they're trying to build a new culture. They're trying to build a new civilization by effectively going after uh, children's brains, right? The hearts hearts and minds of children. And the way to do that is to cut the parents out because you can't control the parents. The parents are always going to have you know different ways that they raise their children. Um, they're going to be independent, obviously, as they should be from what the government says. Uh, and they need to cut that out. But I mean, I do think I do think there is there's some silver lining here is that this is this is a bridge too far. I mean, I, I think that there's been a lot of bridges too far, but this certainly is is one. And, you know, the, the bottom line is that pol- politicians, politicians that support this, their political careers are going to be over organizations that empower this, that are looking to rehome children uh, away from their parents, they're going to find themselves under congressional investigation. They're going to get prosecuted. You know, this this crazy, dangerous cult is going to be a relic of the past. And the people that support this are going to join the ranks of history's villains. I, I will. And I hope you're right. And I do think that when, uh, you know, when we, we look at um, uh, the kinds of uh, things, you know, at Fight for Schools is uh, Ian's organization. He's the executive director at Ian D. Pryor on Twitter and also at America First Legal. Um, you know, it, and what matters is continuing sort of the march, meaning, yes, it's an outrage. Yes, you're going to stop this. Yes, you've got Republicans in the House of Delegates in Virginia to stop it. But, you know, you've got to keep going. You've got to win the school boards. You know, Loudoun County, where you are has uh, been a success story in a certain sense. You know, the, the, the parents are motivated. They're, you know, excited. They're doing things. But you got to do it in Fairfax County, which is right next door to you. You got to do it in in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. You got to do it in uh, in, uh, you know, Fulton County, Georgia. I mean, there's plenty of parents that are I know Loudoun County is a little bit more conservative, maybe a lot, but um, than these other places. But there's lots of parents that are not particularly uh, natural conservatives or say natural Republicans that can't stand this. They just can't stand it. They cannot. They will not stand it and they have to steer their energy to something positive. So, uh, Ian Pryor, thank you for taking the time, jumping on quick with us. We'll be watching this story and uh, keep in touch. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a pro America report. Don't forget, I will go over on uh, social media and put these up there from uh, Ian's organization, as well as a link to this uh, news report summarizes it pretty darn well uh, from, I think, uh, D.C. area. And uh, we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a pro America report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with our old friend, Woody Woodrum. Woody Woodrum is the founder of the California Screaming Eagles. He is active in the California Republican Party and the Tea Party movement. He has uh, down in San Diego, his uh, his hometown. He is active in lots of different of the local races. Um, and he is uh, somebody who, well, he's a veteran, too. That's a that's a big factor for him. He's a he's a submariner and uh, and he has a lot of connections into the veterans community. So first of all, Woody, uh, 
give me an update on uh, California. I did see coverage of the the race. Is it is it Garcia, the Congressman Garcia, where the um, he's a Republican and the Democrats are not spending money that I, they they don't think they have a chance. I don't know if they have a chance, but they're not investing their money there. What tell me what's on the ground in California? I mean, Newsom's going to win going away. Um, so what's what's it looking like for other races? Well, yeah, there's there's a you know, this is one of the things where there's several districts in California, believe it or not, that are that are really very conservative. And uh, that's one of the races that they don't see that they've got much of a chance there. So they're not going to really spend a lot of money. They've got the a Democrats, the, Demo- the Democrats, yes, the Democrats, Democrats. Got, okay, yes, okay. the Democrats don't think they have a chance. Okay. So they're not spending a lot of money there. And and on the flip side of that, you know, there's several uh, there's several races here in the state of California, uh, you know, assembly races and Senate races and uh, stuff like that where there are two Democrats running because we've got this top two system. Oh, yeah, yeah, the jungle, it, jungle primary. Stupid. Yeah, jungle primary. And then, you know, I mean, Ed, that's one of the things that the Republican Party bought in two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought into it, and that takes them off of the ballot. Now, everybody that's in any type of business knows that you never want to lose any type of advertising. So mm-hmm. if you don't have the Republican Party name advertised on the ballots, you lose your advertising, and people forget that you're even there. So uh, it, it's just a mess. But, yeah, the, 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 the voting is really kind of here in California. You know, we don't have a voter's day. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of states do, we have a month and it's already started. And everybody, ha- everybody in the state of California that's on the voters' rolls, whether they're alive or dead or moved out of the state or anything, because they they have never cleaned up the voter rolls in the state of California that like they're supposed to. Everybody gets a gets a ballot, mm. so you get to mail it in. And uh, and of course, the mail-in ballots. There's two thoughts in that. One is that mail it in as early as possible, so we know how many more we have to send out. And, you know, people that we have to get in touch with and stuff like that. And then the other thought is if, you know, if there's problems with these machines, like a lot of people are saying, it gives them time to say, oh, okay, we've got X number of Republican or X number of Democrat ballots in this particular district. So we have to we have to do some manipulations here and it gives them time to do that. So basically what I'm telling everybody to do, anybody that asks me, uh, number one in the state of California, uh, unless you know that you're in a in a really good district, vote out the incumbent, whoever the incumbent is, vote against them, uh, you know, and and try to get out there and find out who your candidates are and find out who the good ones are. We do things around the state with uh, various different groups looking at candidates from a biblical perspective and from a conservative and constitutional perspective. And uh, unfortunately, there's just there's not, not a lot of people in California that are really all that interested in voting. I think the voting turnout is going to probably be around 50 percent if we're lucky. Hmm. So that that's that that may be good for the for the conservatives because there's just so much uh, uh, stuff that's going on the ads on TV and the and the mailers that are going out and people are just I I think that they're getting uh, overwhelmed with this and they they're just uh, becoming complacent about it. Uh, we're talking with uh, Woody Woodrum, uh, California Screaming Eagles down in uh, Southern California and San Diego and Neck of the Woods. Woody, off the air, we were talking about your um, how you have always had a special uh, heart for uh, veterans issues and uh, and also you know you being a veteran yourself and having served, but also uh, after your service, ending up uh, hearing from folks. Tell me, tell me some of what you're hearing. Tell me some of what's going on. I mean, San Diego, obviously, a town where you got a you got a lot of active duty as well as um, as veterans. Well, what's going on, especially on the uh, vaccine stuff? 
Well, this is kind of interesting you bring this up, Ed. Uh, if you, if anybody's been looking at uh, any of the reports in the news and stuff, we know about the, uh, you know, the the military is talking about kicking people out of the military. They've already started doing that in the active duty, and the National Guard is uh, kind of up and you know, in a you know, in a tither about this. What are they going to do? There's uh, tens of thousands of people that are out there, that, and these are all young people. You know, they're under forty for the most part. Between the ages of 25 to 40, for the for the most part, and there's now reports that uh, the vaccine and the and the uh, the boosters that there's causing heart problems in young people, and and a lot of the people have said this vaccine is not tested. Uh, it was just pushed out there, and they have uh, exemptions in. They have uh, uh, religious exemptions in, and they're looking at not uh, uh, observing those religious exemptions and either forcing them to take the vaccine or kicking them out of the military mm. uh, or out of the National Guard. And what happens when you take a force that's trained? We spend tens of thousands of dollars of training these young men and young women and making them the making them the best fighting force in the world. And yet we are now saying, well, we're kind of woke, so we want to get rid of you. Even though we spent all this money on you, you won't bend to what we want and what we need. And and one of the Navy admirals, and, and I have a lot of respect for our uh, fleet uh, uh fleet admirals and, and the generals and stuff like that for the most part. But they came out and they said, well, we've got to do something. We, we get underway. And if we have a COVID outbreak, uh, it, it reduces our fighting effectiveness. Let me tell you something. Every time I got underway in a submarine, uh, whatever anybody had, it went through that submarine, uh, you know, in a matter of weeks, everybody had it or they didn't get it. And they and then you got on with it. Nobody got sick for the rest of the rest of the patrol. You know, it's just one of those things. You're cramped up uh, in closed, confined spaces like that. So if you've got the flu, if you've got the cold, if you've got the sniffles, if you've got COVID, and they're now telling us that COVID is uh, one of those things we're going to live with, like the flu. So we're, we're doing this stuff, you know, kind of cutting our nose off to spite our face. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And especially with what's going on now with our commander in chief and some of the threats that are going on with, uh, with other world leaders, um, it's, a, it's kind of a Kind of a dicey situation that we uh, what, want to get rid of some of our best people. Woody, you know, there's a lot of coverage, Woody Woodrum's, I guess, uh, of uh, the problem of um, recruitment, right? I mean, that people don't want to uh, go into the military right now. They're having a hard time getting people to go. It's kind of like any any other sales job in, in a way. If you, if you badmouth the product, you know, if you badmouth patriotism, then you create, you know, burdens in the way. You know, I mean, it, it's not unfair to say that some people thought when they were young, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not sure what I want to do. I might want to be an engineer. I might want to be a, a, a teacher. But I don't know. I'm going to go in the military because it's going to give me some good training and some good opportunities. And I'm a proud American. Well, you take some of the – I'm not saying that there's not people that are saying, standing there saying, well, I'm a proud American, but th they're making a mess of that. And when I get there, they're going to they're going to hassle me about it. And they're going to, you know, the, I, I was homeschooled and I don't know how to afford college. I want to go be in the military, but I don't want to be hassled over. I mean, you sort of create enough friction and just most normal people say, I, I guess I'll work for a while. I guess I'll do something else. Feels like that's worse than ever. 
I think you're right. Uh, it's a very astute observation in your part, Ed. It's one of those things where people come out here and they want to they they want to do something for the rest of their lives, and they want to get an education. And the military is a good way of doing that. Uh, quite frankly, that was one of the reasons I went into military. I was sick and tired of school, and uh, you know, as a matter of fact, my my senior year, if you look at my, well, let's not talk about my grades my senior year. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's, uh, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. different problem. But, yeah. but but it was interesting, you know, I, I was You were ahead of George school. W. Bush, or no, John McCain <laughs> at the Naval Academy. You would have finished ahead of him, but uh, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but may, well, maybe. Uh, but it, anyway, you know, the first thing the military did was they put me back in school, and I thought, I don't want to go to school, but it was, it was a different type of school because there in the military, you learn a trade, you learn something specific about a job that you're going to do and that you're interested in, uh, you know, so my, my whole attitude towards learning totally changed. And since then, I've, you know, I've, you know, advanced in quite a, quite a bit over the years with uh, uh, education stuff. But the young people that go in there, they want to be able to go in there and feel proud of what they're doing. They want to have some opportunities. And they've got all of this stuff about uh, wokeness that's going on that's telling, well, you got to do this. You got to say this. You, you can't say that. You, you got, you know, I mean, what is this with pronouns and everything now you know you you have to do use the proper pronoun or you can be written up in the military i guess uh you, you know the people that i was in the military with uh, 30 years ago uh there was a lot of name calling going on but it was it, it wasn't done that you have to call somebody a certain thing or something it was just that they were they were your workmates they were your shipmates they were your they were your you know your foxhole buddies they were the people that you depended on and they depended on you and now now it's created what they have done is they have created a division and it's a division of culture is what's happening in my opinion and and this is not i don't think this is good for the military i don't think it's good for patriotism and i don't think that it's good for the united states of america well and and it's um it's it's one thing that there's and i'll just make this last observation again woody woodrum's our guest there's one thing that at a certain point we feel like the lawyers got in charge of too much and they sort of froze us we couldn't function without having to sort of have like, oh, but you better, you know, this waiver, that waiver, that and the other thing. And and if you didn't conform with that, um, if you didn't like it, you could decide not to do it. And now it's almost to the point where if if I don't know if you, I don't know if you when you applied for something, if you said, I, I don't believe the vaccine is good for me. You might worry you're going to end up in a database that you're someone you're one of the people that holds a position that that we find so problematic. We're going to watch you. You know, we're going to we're going to modify your behavior. I mean, that's how it's almost shifting past. Uh, um, <laughs> you used to be able to have a. Um, I don't know. Let's stick with the military for a minute. You could say I'm a conscientious objector. Um, and now if you were conscientious objector, they'd say, well, that, that's a bad position. You, you can't be you can't object to uh, uh, spending 50 billion dollars in the Ukraine war. That makes you a, a, a clear and present danger. And that's the language that, you know, Joe Biden used a month ago. And it was echoed in the select committee, the January 6th select committee, the the, the trial, the fake, you know, uh, trial, um, you know, that was that staged. They used the same language. Language. There's a point where it's like, wait, you're, you're not just um, disagreeing with me and saying I'm wrong. You're targeting me. 
Well, Ed, let me ask you something. You think of making this recording, this this uh, this interview <laughs> well, I'm, online I'm, that we're not being that we're not being targeted? That yeah, we're not in a I'm, database. I'm turning and, you and, in as soon and, as I and, can. And, and look at this. Look at this recent thing that has happened. They now have the Chinese police force in New York City to monitor what's going on with Chinese citizens that are living here in the United States. What's that? It is a database, and we are losing control of our country. And I think that people are are really getting worried about this. It it is a it, it there is a clear and present danger, no doubt about it. And I think that part of that is, is people are afraid of our own government. Yeah. And and that there's lo- no no trust in the government from the COVID to the to the oil to the, to the voting to you name it. There are so many different things out there that have divided us that we do not trust our government anymore. And I guarantee you, the government is collecting data. Well, and and I guess you know, the, the, if you don't trust the government, it, it, some people check out, some people get despondent. I mean, you and I, I think again, Woody Woodrum's our guest. Our, our answer is, you better go out and vote. You better go out and vote. You better understand what's happening and and change the direction of the country. There are ways to change the direction of your local school board. There's ways to change the direction of Congress, but you better vote in November. So, all right, Woody Woodrum, I got to run. Thanks for the time as always. Woody Woodrum in San Diego. We'll talk again soon, Woody. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. This unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate, Donald Trump declared after the day-long assault by the FBI on his personal residence. He continued, it is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024 and will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. Trump saw through the FBI's dirty tricks and the American people are quickly doing the same. For more than a year, a committee of partisan Democrats on Capitol Hill, joined by two renegade Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, have been trying to prosecute Donald Trump for anything under the sun. Kinzinger and Cheney are both lame ducks who will likely never see public office again, at least as Republicans. In his summation about the raid, Trump continued, Such an assault could only take place in broken third-world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before. Donald Trump has long been a first-hand witness to the deleterious effects of political trickery. Whether it was the prolonged accusations that he colluded with Russia, or the accusations that he somehow led an insurrection on January 6th, or even the missing Hunter Biden laptop, Donald Trump has seen it all. Politically motivated prosecutions were on the ballot when Wyoming Republicans voted against Liz Cheney by an astronomical margin in August. Americans are tired of the old guard Republicans who prop up corrupt regimes and cower before the unelected bureaucrats who run the executive branch. We want true leaders who are unashamed to put America first and unafraid to drain the swamp. What happened to Liz Cheney can happen to any entrenched globalist. A humiliating 35-point loss is only the beginning. Globalists would do well to repent of their actions against we the people or bow out now while they still have their dignity. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. 
Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, uh, getting ready to wrap things up. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I will get a full breakdown of the um, uh, of the January 6th Select Committee uh, next week. We'll go through it. It's a joke, right? It's a joke. Um, and I told you the detail you need to know is the January 6th Select Committee, uh, they stopped doing primetime hearings. They stopped going on primetime because it's not working. They're not going to do their report. Their famous report was supposed to come out right about now so that they could trumpet it all across the land before the election. It's coming out after the election now. I mean, it's Loserville. It's Loserville. Uh, Adam Kinzinger is running around uh, Republican. He's a supposed Republican. He's endorsing Democrats. Um, you know, it's, it's Loserville. It's great to see. Uh, it's done its damage, though. It's done its damage. I mean, they released the videos now of uh, Nancy Pelosi clearly in charge. She clearly had charge of the Capitol Police. That's we know that that's who's in charge as the Speaker of the House. And uh, she denied that until now. And now you see it. So uh, nothing will come of it, of course. But um, it's a joke. And, uh, you know, God willing, the um, uh, there'll be a new Congress and they will take up some of these questions and some of these issues uh, very specifically and see if they can uh, if we can get to the bottom of exactly what the heck is going on, what happened there and uh, see. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you will, because you got to have the will to do it. You got to have the will to fight. I'm not convinced that people um, will have that will uh, to fight um, in the uh, Republican Party, but we'll we'll soon find out. So, all right, everybody, have a great weekend. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great producer. Glad he's back. Thank you to Joanna Spilger, our uh, associate producer. And we will uh, talk to you next week. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. We'll be back next week. All the best. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.